Welcome into another episode of a Cali Green Monster Show. It's Thursday, February 11th, 2021. I got a packed show, got a lot of things to talk about today. I want to be able to address Russell Wilson and potentially him being upset with the Seattle Seahawks. I want to address the Gina Carano getting fired from the Mandalorian situation. And then I'm going to have my buddy on Steven for a quick 10, 15 minute chit chat about basketball or whatever the hell he feels like bringing up. But first off, I want to be able to comment on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had their Super Bowl parade yesterday in Tampa Bay. It looked like beautiful weather out there. If anything, you're hearing from a lot of players that it was pretty hot and that they were baking out there. There was even, I think it was Leonard Fournette. I think that's what, it was him that said he was so hot out there that he was hallucinating that he thought Jason Pierre-Paul had all his fingers anyone doesn't know Jason Pierre-Paul he's kind of infamous for blowing off multiple fingers a few July 4ths back so yeah I mean it has to be pretty damn hot to be imagining uh imagine a full hand whole full hand of fingers after that but uh it wasn't just it wasn't just Leonard Fournette being drunk and kind of the heat getting him Tom Brady he was in rare form yesterday there was lots of videos showing uh, a pretty drunk Tom Brady uh, celebrating and well-deserved celebrating his seventh Super Bowl. I highly doubt that Tom Brady drinks much during the season, so it's nice to see know that he knows how to let loose and have fun a bit. You know, some of the highlights from drunk Tom Brady, you could see him when he got off of his epic $2 million boat that he was riding around on. He was like stumbling and needed to be able to like, he had like, you know, basically every person's college experience at some point needing to be helped to walk out of a party or, or something like that. So he was definitely, uh, he had a, he had some wobbly legs when he got off the boat. Maybe that was just seasickness. You never know. Or it could be that Tampa Bay heat and the alcohol dehydrating and uh, that shit will get you, man. It reminds me of Havasu a bit. But another, oh yeah, and then not even just that, Tom Brady just showing uh, a complete disregard of the Lombardi Trophy. I mean, he's already got six of them. Uh, he takes this one, and from boat to boat to Gronk's boat, he just tossed that thing. It was pretty great. There's one angle of when Tom Brady tosses the trophy from his boat to the boat adjacent, yeah, the Gronk party boat, that you could hear his daughter just be like, no dad no like she knew like oh dude dad's drunk and like he very well i know he might be the greatest quarterback of all time but throwing that trophy is a completely different thing but dude just like what tom does threw a perfect pass to gronk touchdown third touchdown of the super bowl i guess you can consider it so that was pretty epic to see and at the end of the day i mean i think tom brady i'm imagining drunk tom brady he's just like fuck it dude i'll give them one of mine and if anything Let's be real. If it goes in the water, they will have a diver, and they will have gotten that trophy back within the hour. It's no big deal. I think it made for a pretty cool visual and a pretty epic party. And another one that was pretty dope was Chris Godwin. Like they were, Mike Evan was was live on like Facebook or or Instagram or one of those sites. He was live, like just like talking a bunch of shit. And right before he was done going live, 
he Chris Godwin shows up and he's like, Verizon, I know someone's going to hear this. My boy Scotty Miller dropped my phone in the water. I need a new phone. And it was just pretty sick because I was like, there's, oh, dude, there's no, yeah. For sure, Verizon's going to get a hold of that. I mean, Godwin, I'm pretty sure you can afford a new phone, or I'm pretty sure with your plan you've got some sort of insurance. But, you know, it's pretty funny. Um, you know, it looked like the Tampa Bay had an epic time. It looked like, and especially having experienced watching six New England Super Bowls, the duck boats, and usually Boston in February is extremely cold. So um, it was pretty it looked like the complete opposite over there. It was just like sunny, hot, and Tampa Bay looked like a cool place to be. And it'll be interesting to see if there's going to be a parade there next next year, celebrating next year's Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks quarterback, he was in the news because on Tuesday he was on Dan Patrick's show. And one of the topics of discussion that Dan Patrick was bringing up was Russell Wilson being sacked a bunch and that he's on pace to being the most sacked quarterback in NFL history, which raised concerns about Seattle and their commitment to protecting Russell Wilson because, you know, he is someone that is a considered a scrambling quarterback. He's got fast legs, and when you watch him play, he looks elusive. So for him to have racked up the amount of sacks that he has – I don't know if it's necessarily Russell Wilson, who is self-admittedly, he does hold on to the ball for a long period of time, and he tries to look for those downfield shots. So he's, you know, so that could attribute to him being sacked. But if you look at just some of his stats from last year, Russell Wilson was only responsible for 14 of his 47 sacks that he's been sacked. So only 14 times you could really attribute to like he was holding the ball too long. And the rest of the time, it was because of the offensive line allowing the rush to get to him. He was pressured on 38% of his dropbacks during the regular season. So that's fourth among passers. So he's, can still, he's considered one of the best quarterbacks, someone that you should be protecting, giving time. But he's literally getting pressured more than almost anyone in the league. He had to scramble four, 54 times. That's the second most out of any quarterback in the league. And that's... More, I don't think those were designed. You know, they, I like they designed that offense to be run and then be able to take a deep shot pass. I don't think they're designing Russell to scramble. That's more of a result of plays breaking down and him getting pressure in the backfield from the defense. So, and then this year, it's like he had 40 touchdowns and 13 interceptions, which was his highest touchdown to interception ratio of his career since his rookie year. So, and what was also interesting, they were discussing this on Dan Patrick and. Russell Wilson had a couple other interesting things to say. Most of note was when asked if he was available for trade by the Seahawks, he didn't just come out and say, no, there's no way the Seahawks are letting me go, or there's no way that you know I'm the Seattle quarterback and that's how it's going to be for the future and I'm committed to Seattle. He just kind of was ambiguous and was just like, oh, he's not sure if he'll be traded and that's up to the Seahawks. And you know, so it's, and he's also mentioning that he wants to be able to have input with the team. There's reports out that he was heavily he was heavily influenced the hire of their new offensive coordinator. But then he also basically came out and said in the interview that one of the first things he wants to fix is the offensive line, which I think is kind of awkward because you feel like the you know the offensive line is. It's there to protect you, and a lot of times they describe it as the offensive line is there to protect little brother, who's the quarterback. 
So, I mean, by him saying that the first thing that he would do is improve the offensive line, is he's basically telling some of his teammates or guys that he played with last year is that, like, basically you suck. I need someone better. Maybe he, he would say it more politely, but that's what I took from the conversation. And unless that's what's in Seattle's plans or with with Russell Wilson saying this and now it's going to get those plans in motion, they almost have to upgrade the offensive line or get some pe- new people in and old, old people out. Because I can only imagine how awkward that situation is going to be. You know, being in the same locker room with guys that you're openly on the national radio saying that they weren't good enough. And especially coming from Russell Wilson, who's someone who you could tell is very careful with his image and careful with the words he says and careful with the narratives and stories that come out about him. This is honestly probably the most controversial slash like Russell Wilson speaking up for himself and not just kind of towing the company line, which is really interesting. So that if anything, if I'm an offensive lineman for Seattle, it makes me go like, crap, am I that shitty at my job that Russell Wilson, who's squeaky clean and only says the right things and I mean, he's the Walter Payton man of the man of the year, everything. He's basically coming out and saying that they need to upgrade my position. So that's going to make things awkward. And then at the same time as the Dan Patrick interview, reports coming out of Russell Wilson's camp were echoing the same sentiment that Russell Wilson isn't happy with the way that Seattle surrounded him and the way that they protected him. Sure, they've given him some weapons and they drafted DK Metcalf, which has been awesome and good for his the deep threat and the deep ball. But at the same time, he's on pace to be the most sacked quarterback in NFL history, sacked even more than Brett Favre. And Russell Wilson has voice that he wants to be like Tom Brady and be able to play into his 40s and play until he's 45. And that's not he's not going to be able to do that if he's getting sacked as much as he is. You look at some other quarterbacks that are bigger, like Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he looks like he's just falling apart at the seams, and he looks like he's being held together by duct tape at this point. You know, but he's a six foot five dude that takes a lot of beat hit, hits. Andrew Luck literally had to retire because of the amount of hits he was taking. Russell Wilson's getting sacked more than these guys, and he's only like he's barely six foot, if that. So this is not a big guy. He shouldn't be taking the kind of punishment he is. So. I think that he's justified in being able to voice his opinion, especially if he looks around the locker room or if he looks around the organization and feels like he isn't getting the help he deserves. You know, you look over at Tom Brady, what he just did. It's, I think, a lot of really good quarterbacks, you know, especially Aaron Rodgers, you know, now um, Russell Wilson. They're going to look at what the Buccaneers did for Tom Brady. They literally surrounded him with everything he needed. They traded for Gronk when they wanted Gronk. They signed Antonio Brown. They signed Leonard Fournette. Like, they let, even Bruce Arians saying, like, he lets Tom Brady almost, like, run the offense. And I think quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks that view themselves in that upper echelon and feel like they're being restricted, are going to look at that situation and want more freedom. I think that that's one of the reasons why the climate in the NFL is the way it is right now. Normally, you never hear about quarterbacks wanting to be on the move or asking for trades, but there's a whole bunch. You know, in addition to Russell Wilson, you've got the Deshaun Watson situation, and you got Carson Wentz. You got rumors of 
the Carolina Panthers, even though they have Teddy Bridgewater, they have rumors of them wanting to upgrade their quarterback. You got Derek Carr with the Raiders, rumors of him being on the move. So it's, you know, the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. What's going to happen with Jimmy G with the 49ers? What are the Bears going to do with Mitch Trubisky and their quarterback? It's crazy how much quarterback talk there's going on right now. And so that's why I think at the end of the day, I think that this Russell Wilson situation is more him voicing his frustrations and trying to put pressure on the organization to bring in better personnel and surround protect him better. Kind of similar with Deshaun Watson, where I was mentioning that even though Deshaun Watson wants out and he's formally asked for a trade request, there's no scenario where the Houston Texans can trade Deshaun Watson and it works out for him. I feel like there's no scenario where Seattle trades Russell Wilson, who's one the top five quarterback in the NFL. There's no situation where they trade him and they get better. They're going to figure it out. I think that this is just, you know, Russell Wilson, He's he feels like he's a veteran in the league. He's going into his 30s. He's definitely one of the quarterbacks who is a game changer. And I think he's just trying to flex his superstar muscle. And he's trying to flex that, you know, he's the franchise guy. And, you know, it's not uncommon nowadays. So while I think that owners do need to be able to take control of the organizations and not have their players dictating what's going on. The Seattle also doesn't want to run into a situation where Deshaun Watson has completely lost faith in the organization. But I think we're kind of a ways off from that, regardless of Seattle being upset with Russell Wilson's camp. They can be upset with him, but at the end of the day, I think they're going to make things better and make things right by Russell Wilson. Another quarterback that kind of in the news by the organization maybe not giving respect or not doing right by this quarterback is Dak Prescott there was I guess like a hype video for the next upcoming season for I think purchasing season tickets or just ticket packages for the 2021 season and they had a bunch of current Cowboys players they had Troy Aikman in it Michael Irving in it but one player who was noticeably not in the package was Dak Prescott So Dak Prescott, the quarterback, broke his leg last year after he was throwing for a record pace. He was throwing for almost 400 yards every game. One of the issues with Dak Prescott is that while a lot of the quarterbacks his age and from his draft class have gotten extensions like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, you've got Dak Prescott, who's the Cowboys have been noncommittal. They've been offering him contracts that haven't, you know, haven't been max deals, which Dak Prescott feels that he should get. And whether or not you believe that Dak Prescott is worth that max money or whether you believe that quarterbacks deserve the max money, because there is a lot of evidence that suggests that giving all your money to a quarterback is kind of detrimental to the team. But at the end of the day, Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback in this league, and you feel like he's proven it over the past couple of years. But Dallas does seem noncommittal. There, he's up for a contract extension right now, but they're saying it's either they're going to re-sign him to a, a a big deal or they're going to franchise tag him again. And if I feel like if they franchise tag him for a second time, that is basically telling Dak Prescott, we don't, we don't believe in you. I don't care what you've done over this past half decade. We don't believe in you. I know they are a little bit more justified in – you know, since he broke his leg, but I feel the way that orthopedic medicine is, and, you know, even just like 20, 25 years ago, a torn ACL meant your career was over, 
but you know now it's it's nothing. People are coming back seven, eight months later. I feel like Dak Prescott is going to come back and look just as strong from this broken leg. And if anything, he needed he should have been resigned before this injury happened. When this injury happened, a lot of people were giving Jerry Jones shit because of you know feeling like that was the reason why he should have been signed is that security that he should have, especially as the the Cowboys quarterback. So I think that that's going to be an interesting situation to to monitor. There are, especially with the news of like Russell Wilson, I wanting to look for a trade. Some of the betting odds have shown what are potential landing spots for Russell Wilson, and the Raiders and Cowboys have to happen to be hot, like the two favorites for him to land. So Cowboys are going to be a rumored destination for a lot of these quarterbacks, I believe, until they sign Dak Prescott. And they, they really should have, they need to avoid that franchise tag. If they do have any intention of keeping Dak Prescott and making him their long-term quarterback, which I think is, is the right move, then they need to show up by committing to him right now. So it's one of the big pieces of news that kind of broke in this morning. You know, I woke up you know, a little bit before 5 this morning, about like 4.30. And it was the news that Gina Carano, the actress from The Mandalorian, was fired by Disney. And I felt like I'd bring this up because I feel like Gina Carano is on brand. She was an ex-MMA fighter. That's when I first heard of her over 10 years ago. And, you know, she was a part of The Mandalorian, which is, you know, the biggest show on Disney+. Plus. I follow or I like to talk about and review WandaVision and let you know my theories about that show. So I felt like news about The Mandalorian is something relevant to the show. And I just kind of wanted to, you know, just discuss it a bit and just kind of, I don't know, like start a discussion or just kind of put this out there because it was just something that's just been on my mind. And I was debating whether or not to talk about this. And I just decided, you know what, if this is something I want to talk about or something that you know, I find interesting. That's the whole point to this platform and this show, and I want to be able to bring it up. So Gina Carano, she basically got fired for being, for her social media views. She's more, she's right-leaning. She's someone that's an anti-masker, someone that, you know, just, you know, like espouses a lot of right-wing beliefs. So if anything, she kind of is like that family member you might have on social media that has completely opposite political views and it just might disgust you every time that they post something. And sometimes you wonder, how can you be related to them? But, you know, at the end of the day, at least something that I found in my life when there's people like that, that they might be espousing a certain political view or taking a certain stance that I might disagree with and don't want flooding my timeline is I unfollow I just unfollow I don't want them to you know and then my life goes on that's pretty nice you know I don't stand on a soapbox and ask for them to be canceled I just unfollow them that's the thing with Gina Carano I felt like at the end of the day it's like if you were really offended by some of her views which I feel like she has every right to be able to espouse and and to say to the public just how every people have the right to disagree with her views and if you want to boycott the Mandalorian because of her being on the show you have every right to do that just like with every right that people who are upset with Gina Carano getting fired you know as a protest you have every right to not watch the Mandalorian and Disney had every right I guess to let her go 
because if they deemed her whatever she was saying is like going against the conduct detrimental to the company's image and if she they feel like she wasn't representing the company then i understand that it's kind of ironic that one of the things that she's been kind of posting about is the a lot of the censorship that's been going on you know with the cancel culture and then she kind of lost her job basically espousing views that people disagreed with and you know and i think that the one particular that that she got fired over was you know comparing some of the stuff that's going on in this country with you know what's what happened with the jews in nazi germany and while whether i agree or disagree with that meme i'm not I'm not a fan of comparing comparing everything that you disagree with or anything that you disagree with politically as as that person or thing being Hitler and Nazi Germany. I felt like when Trump was in office and the Trump administration was office, it was very vogue to compare everything that they did to Nazi Germany. So, like you know, I wasn't a fan of it then. I'm not a fan of right wing people comparing other parts of it. The, to Nazi Germany is just I feel like it's inappropriate and as someone who's a a fan and a student of history I consider you know I like learning about history all the time it is insensitive to be comparing shit to the you know the Holocaust when it has you know when and there's no when there really is not much comparison but you know whether you agree with that or disagree with that but as Disney has every right and with their values to get rid of Gina Carano it just brought up something that I heard earlier in the news and makes me wonder what the values of Viacom are. Viacom runs a lot of, you know, the cable channels that you know and in particularly VH1. And one of the people that got rehired was Nick Cannon. And I just found it very interesting because, you know, he was fired earlier in 2020, I think in the summer of 2020. And I think the main thing he got fired for was because he was talking about how he felt like black people were the original Hebrews. So there was a lot of you know Jewish organizations that were labeling at his talk as anti-Semitic and stuff. And so he got fired for that, but apparently he got rehired because you know he apologized to many Jewish leaders and realized what he said might have been wrong. But there was other things that he said that I feel like didn't get nearly as much attention. And I don't I I, I can't recall hearing any apology for some of the other things he said and what i'm talking about is when he came out and you can find these videos on youtube literally if you look up nick cannon calls white people savages in this video he's quoted as i'm proud to be racist end quote my race is superior end quote people who lack melanin so white people are just a little less White people have no compassion. They're fearful, having low self-esteem. And white people act out because of deficiency, so they can only act evil. It's crazy. It's like, they, they, it's insane some of the shit that he was saying, that white people act like animals because of the harsh northern climate in Europe back in history. And when I first heard this, like, you know, like I said, like six, seven months ago, it was pretty shocking because I'm not gonna lie, I was Nick Cannon seemed like a cool dude. You know, I was a drumline fan. I was team Nick Cannon with Mariah Carey. You know, he's a pretty funny guy, he's charismatic. But 
and this is speaking from a place of privilege, I'm, I'm saying this, is that there's not many things you can say to a white person, I feel like. There's not many hateful words that really dig deep and can make you feel, you know, ashamed of your race. And like I said, that's, that's privilege talking. But what Nick Cannon was saying, I mean, that's as close as, like, that's as close to being offended I've ever been talking to someone talking about race. And it just makes me kind of wonder if, let's say, instead of Nick Cannon was saying this stuff on a podcast, and imagine if Ryan Seacrest, a white guy, was saying things like i'm a proud racist and my race is superior and then completely just said a bunch of ignorant things about other races being less than i have a hard time thinking that he would not only get canceled from just his job there's no way he would get rehired because while viacom fired nick gannon and his Wild and Out show wasn't getting recorded and stuff. I mean, he still had his job as the Masked Singer host. He's still the host of the Masked Singer. So it's just, you know, it had me all morning just wondering what, I guess, constitutes canceling people nowadays. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of cancel culture, but it just... I just don't want our country to get to a point where... Now we're compensating for, you know, our country's original sin with slavery. You know, the, our, our, our terrible history with racism. And I don't want it to just be like, now we compensate it by it's just, let's just go the complete other way. You know, it's like we want, we want to be able for all of us to come together and, you know, be equal and you know just love each other and be peaceful and try to get this country to just be united and not just so polarized with each other i feel like just demonizing another group is not fixing the problem and hopefully i articulated this well i wasn't trying to offend anybody or be too controversial i just wanted to kind of openly think about it and put it out there. As always, I really appreciate everyone that's taken the time to download and listen to this podcast. Free time, I know, is something that's at a premium and not something that all of us have a lot of. So I appreciate that you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about whatever it is I want to talk about. So until next time, it's been a Cali Green Monster Show. I'm your host, Dean Ryan. Peace.